0: Welcome to the Radically Embodied Love Podcast. Get ready to enter the portal of your cosmic heart so you feel bliss, joy, and union within.
1: With each episode, you will learn practical ways to embody love in your life so it is felt and experienced. Co-hosted by Nathalie Barbek and Jessica Falcon. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Radically Embody Love Podcast. This is Nasrin Barbek with my co-host, Jessica Falcon. And today we have a special guest, Judy Hurtado. She's a mystic and trusted special, spiritual advisor with over 40 years of personal and professional experience. She has extensive training and certification in various healing modalities, such as hypnosis, intuitive counseling, and she's also a certified ordained minister. She's also a Reiki master. One of her unique talents is her ability to see and hear things that her clients may not be aware of. She can then support them in transforming the thoughts and beliefs that are keeping them feeling stuck and trapped. She has supported thousands of clients and her clients refer to her as their secret weapon. I love that. So welcome, Jody. We are very excited to have you here. And I would love to know a little bit more about your own journey, how you got here and what inspired you to do what you do. Okay.
2: Well, thank you, Daz. Thank you, Jessica, for having me here. I'm so excited to connect with you and to connect with your audience and everybody who's listening. So what started my journey? Let's see. So I guess like maybe most of us, it's a little bit, it's a little interesting and complicated or maybe not, right? It's a, that's like the story. Is that It's just a story that I'm telling myself. So here as I'm speaking, I'm becoming very aware of the power and my intention behind my words. So as a little girl, as far as I can remember, I was able to see things and know things that perhaps other people weren't seeing or hearing. I believe this gift came from my mother because my mother had this gift and, but it wasn't something that we ever talked about. So she would just say things and they would manifest, they would happen. She would make predictions. And I remember I was around like seven or eight. My mother was talking to my father and she shared that she was seeing this like dark shadow in a certain room of the house. And I said, I'm seeing it too. Like, like, I just remember being so shocked. I'm like, I'm me too, me too. And my father was like, oh, you know, like, you're just, not that he didn't say you're making it up, but sort of like, come on, you're just like saying what your mom is saying. But that was true. I did see it. And I was seeing this. And then when I was 11 and a half years old, right, I was diagnosed with type one diabetes, which is a chronic condition. Is, at this point, there isn't any cure, something I live with. And when that happened, I had a premonition when I was ten that something was going to happen to me medically, and I even looked in a medical encyclopedia that my parents had. Like I was, I used to love reading the encyclopedia. So I had a feeling something was going to happen. When it finally happened, I think that was also a huge catalyst into this healing journey because I was I remember thinking, did I create this because I was thinking about this, or did I do something in a? I thought I was. A, a big part of me felt like I was being punished for something I did. I knew that I was a good little girl. So something I did in a past life and my mother was like, what are you talking about? These were not karma and and all these words were not something that was spoken about in my household. And so those experiences really led me to this path where I started to read books, like creative visualization and, the power of positive thinking and when bad things happen to good people. And that kind of, that was, that's how my path opened. Now I did work in corporate America. I worked in New York city. I was in advertising. I was in marketing. At that point did not feel like I had any special gifts, but I remember just telling my coworkers, I would say things and they would have, and then it would manifest. And they were like, what Jude? And I used to go by Judith. That was like my, that's like my professional name, Judith. And they're like, Judith, what's what's going on? And I said, I don't know. Like, I really was like, I don't know. I didn't feel like I wasn't aware of that. And, but I was studying tarot. I was practicing yoga. Different teachers, people would tell me I had a gift. I didn't believe it. And and then here I am now. So that's, that's a shortened version of it
0: there's so many ways we could take this conversation there's so much (laughs) that you shared that i'd love to dive into further you know around being so young and just having this remembrance at such a young age of of the the magical world we live in and that it's not just 3d right it's not just physical and you inherently knew this as a young child and started to tap into that and it sounds as if your mother was somewhat supportive of that, even though she didn't really know all the terminology that we are using. Is that true or did you feel like you struggled to really trust and honor what you knew inside? Yeah. Yeah, Jessica, I struggled. I struggled.
2: Um, I felt alone. I always felt that I was different. And that's like that's also that's very layered for all different reasons. And Like with my mom, so my mom passed away when I was 28. So it's not a conversation, you know, that I could have with her in the 3D form. I don't remember her. She didn't acknowledge her own gift. So I remember one time we were, my mother was from Spain and we were having this, we were visiting Spain and we had this big family dinner. And one of my uncles was sitting across and then I gave my mom the salt. My mom used the salt. And my uncle was like, OK, stop. He goes, I need to know. He goes, I've been watching you. And your mom didn't say anything about wanting the salt. Why did you give her the salt? And I was like, well, she wanted the salt. Like, I knew. And my, we didn't, it was like, oh. And my mom kind of just, like, changed the subject. And so it was, but we never spoke about it. You know, like with my, do- I have two daughters now. And they grew up hearing me talk about this stuff and seeing crystals all around the house and like my Oracle cards. And it, they know that I worked in corporate America and I did certain things and now I'm doing this work. So it's something like I'm always teaching them, trust your intuition. You know, the truth. If something doesn't feel good, don't just say yes. Cause you want to go along with the crowd, say no, like listen to your intuition. I think my mom was just, she did the best that she could. I think at that time it was still considered a little maybe having that gift was a little strange and I I think she also just didn't she wasn't aware I just I really think she wasn't aware of it yeah even though like my family knew like my dad Mm -hmm. was like oh there she goes again you know but it wasn't like oh wow it was more like I don't know it wasn't look in a positive way from my memory anyway
1: yeah I think that's so common Um, and I resonate with that myself it wasn't until I heard it from few people even my own shaman say you know you're a healer and I didn't even know what that meant I mean I knew certain things that you know I was always told that I have a kind hand because when I would put my hands in area that people have pain it would ease their pain Mm. but but it was so natural to me and that's the thing things are that or naturally come to you, you don't think about it twice. That is a gift, that is something different. And um, so when and how did you trust that and became empowered to actually not only embody your gift, but also serve with that gift?
2: Yeah, so what happened was I, um, I worked in corporate America, then I stayed home with my daughters and as they got a little bit older, I started studying Reiki, and I you know studied with different teachers, started taking different classes. and it really it was I became a yoga teacher. It really was when I was studying with my I think it was like my third Reiki my second or third Reiki teacher, and we had to she asked us she invited us to start documenting our sessions. And I never imagined ever I was going to lay my hands on other people. I studied Reiki to keep my body, myself healthy, and to keep my family healthy. So I was just laying my hands on them. So now I was like, okay, I want to become, it's like, if you want to become a Reiki master, this was, was her process. So I told my friends, listen, I'm studying to become a Reiki master. Can I, you know, can you be my guinea pig? And they were like, sure. And I started laying my hands and I started doing that. That's when, that's really when my intuitive gifts opened up and i started to say, i was like um i'm seeing this that i'm seeing this so when you were seven and then i'm seeing and they were like shocked like how did you know this so i'm like and sometimes i would see things i didn't even want to see you know like that's why now i really don't have friends as my clients because i i was like some things i just don't want to know right because then i see you you know anyway and they really it was really Them, like my friends, were like, Judy, you have a gift. Like, you need to do this. You need to do this. So, I started facilitating sessions for my friends. And then they told their friends. And then it kind of just evolved that way. It was never my intention to have a spiritual business or to be a soul entrepreneur. I was a health and wellness freelance writer. So, I had like, you know, different things as my children got older. I was a health and wellness writer and one of my editors said, Judy, do you know that every time you send us a pitch, it's always about like mental health and physical health and, and like, she's like, can I give you a column called spiritual seeker? And I was like, oh my gosh. So other people really recognize things. I, I didn't have so much clarity. And then I said, you're right. I really am interested in, in all this and the the kind of the path just evolved as I took step by step I say took,
0: Yeah. I I really want to back up this conversation a little bit, because you started studying Reiki, and you became a master. And at first you were hesitant, it sounds like to really serve globally in this way, as you do now. But at the beginning, you were just wanting to do this for yourself and your family, which is beautiful. And also, the initial part of the conversation around, you know, trusting yourself at a young age and your mom's kind of reticence to really acknowledge her own gifts. I want to step back into that before we go further into what you're doing now, because I find that it's so common that there's fear of these types of intuitive gifts. And I really want to hone in on this for our listeners that The reason we often don't trust, right, the invisible realm and the gifts to see energy and hear and feel these things is because it has been demonized for so long. And we've been told, you know, that, well, you're just a witch or it's devil work. It's evil. And I know for me coming into my own gifts and path, I've had to do so much work to clear the belief that I'm evil for what I do, the belief that I'm demonic for having these powers. And so I'd really love to spend a little bit of time on that because I imagine that you had to face that as well coming into this.
2: Yes, yes, 100%. You know, you use the word witch and I, 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 I prefer bruja, right? My, my lineage, but there is something called like the witch wound, and that I I do have many clients who are spiritual entrepreneurs or who are who are almost like like they're tippet tiptoeing, like to embracing their gifts. And and I went through this process as well, where there is a lot of fear. There is a lot of fear. And some of it it and the fear still exists in our in 2023. There's still people who are like, like I've had people physically like move away from me. When I begin talking about my work, like literally move away. And it, and it was women, right? So it's not even like, you know, let's just say men, like, oh, I don't know what she's talking about. And so there is still fear. And I think that, so to me, a witch is a woman who is powerful AF, right? <laughs> like, you know, who knows her power, who's able to either heal with her hands or herbs or medicine or mindset or her, whatever it might be. And that scares people, that divine feminine energy, that Shakti energy. We all have Shakti, we all have, you know, we have male and, and female. I'm not saying one is better than the other, but there is still this hiding, um, I call it in the spiritual closet. Not wanting to say, you know, like Nancy Reagan had an astrologer. Oh my gosh, you know, back in the day, like people look down upon that I and the society has I think things have changed things are get people are getting more open and more comfortable um and with me going back to like just talking about my own process it was like I said it's like kind of appealing and letting go and releasing and doing a lot of inner work So that's why it took me, I studied with different teachers. It took me about three years before my first Reiki attunement, before becoming a Reiki master, because I like to go in really deep. I like to study the work. I like to embody the work. Like, I want to feel it. I want to know it before saying, oh, let me go around healing you. It's like, no, let me heal myself. So it might sound a little selfish. I wanted to heal myself and keep my family happy and healthy, but if I'm not doing the work, how can I serve others? Like, I'm not coming from that place. That's how I, like, I have maybe a little high standards for myself,
1: you know. Um, well, that's the way I, it's supposed to be, right? I mean, we we need to embody ourselves to be able to fully from that place. Uh, and that reminds me of the story. Um, I don't know if it was, um, again, uh, the, the story from Gandhi or... Another a spiritual, but because I heard two versions, one said it was Gandhi, that if mother goes to him and bring his son and he said, um, my son is unhealthy, overweight, I'm worried about it, but I can't convince him to stop eating sugar. Would you please, he loves you, he listens to you, would you please talk to him and ask him to, you know, advise him regarding this? And the Gandhi said, okay, go come back a week from now. And the mother said, okay, maybe he has his reason. He takes the son back, bring him in a week. And then he says, the Gandhi said, son, it's not good to eat sugar. It's not good for your health. I'm going to ask you to try it and stop. And that's it. And the mother is a little bit puzzled. It's like, well, may I ask you, why did you ask me to come back a week after while you just, you know, and I said, because I was consuming sugar at that point myself. I wanted to experience it and see the benefit before I can advise someone, (laughs) right? So there is so much to say about that. Um, that, And unfortunately, I believe there are a lot in online world that advise people without really themselves embodying. And... um, so I appreciate you saying that. You know that you saw the benefit of, and the other thing is we want to be- benefit as much as we, you know, want to help others from that. So a part of that is embodying what we actually preach uh, regarding right. that, right? So, and um, so now that you have embodied, and I have listened to you often, that there is that confidence and knowing when you talk. And it sounds to me that you have trusted that knowing and you have embodied as you teach. And how, when you work with people who come to you, try to transfer that knowledge and you know we talked about fear i'm very familiar with that i had that fear at the beginning um like there was this knowing but there was this fear of embodying in it because yeah it's true that even now um we some people you know is looked upon something woo woo they call it right it's because we all have fear of unknown or unseen and trusting that and embody that and acting from that is a a little bit you know unfamiliar to us but how do you go about and you know helping the clients that come to you
2: sure now so one thing i want to be
1: clear about is that i still have fear Mm -hmm. okay
2: so i'm not always 100 confident i call it like my the inner bully right so the inner bully that voice is very very loud and active in my life so i just want you guys to know everybody who's listening i that bully is still there and that bully will say like you don't know enough and you know even Nazarene, when you were reading my bio and like of course, I did not give you every single certification like I have a million and eighty five thousand plus certifications and modalities. And one reason is like, yes, I'm I love the work and i like to get really deep and study with different teachers. But also the inner bully was like, you are not, you don't know enough. You need to do more. You need to do more. You need to do more. So once I become aware of that, I've been able to stop because I'm like, oh, that's the whole. Th- I think awareness. Right. Also with age comes wisdom. (laughs) So I'm, you know, I think with having experience getting older and then also speaking and connecting with other teachers who are older than myself, just knowing that they also have this, I know we hear about the imposter syndrome that's like pretty common, but just realizing that, guess what? Like, even though people, like you said, like people think, Oh, I, I, I'm so confident and I am. Because I've had a lot of experience and my clients have had amazing results. And I still have those doubts and those fears and hear those voices. So I don't know if that ever goes away. It's just part of it. I just accepted it. I listen. Sometimes I listen and say, oh, maybe I should read this book or maybe this class will help me. But otherwise, sometimes, most times, I like, no, it's not true. But it is. I have studied with different um, teachers. And I think that's that has helped me as well because like that's so I'm now serving as an anchor to my clients or as a spiritual advisor um so it helps them it's just I think time and practice and 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 really and then doing the steps in terms of like meditation self-inquiry journaling yoga whatever you know there's so many different ways to do self-inquiry and to get to that that base of knowledge and Looking at the wounds, like the shadow, those voices that say, you know, it's too woo or no one's going to like you. Because there is that, that's also that fear of that witch wound. Like you're going to be ostracized because we did, we were ostracized, we were killed. If you're in this world, I'm like, if you're talking to me, if you're listening to this podcast, you are a witch. And <laughs> I would almost say 100%. There's something about you that's drawn to this this energy. And the more you lean into it, I feel like the more the, it's the power, the power grows, it's about your power.
0: And also what I hear you saying about the power duty is that part of the power is not letting the fear have power over you. And it's not that the fear goes away, because we live right in a culture where it's still quite predominant. Mm-hmm. And the fear is is in a way, right, trying to protect us. Like the fear is trying to protect us from being killed again. And so when we wanna speak a deep truth, a deep sacred truth that recognizes that the world is not purely 3D, the ego mind goes, yeah, but if you say that, you'll be killed again, right? So it's trying to protect us. But unfortunately, the fear is also rooted in the past, not the present. And it's also rooted in, for me, what I've seen is the fear is usually rooted in the denial of my divine self, the divinity that I am. And, and it's a process of, you know, coming out of just the pure, like we get out of fear over time, this is a spiraling very deep journey, but we get out of fear by coming out of just the pure 3D human self and anchoring deeper and deeper into the soul divine self and the soul divine self at its purest essence knows no fear. It is the pure divine light love, but we're in the middle of this collective transition from right. just the pure, right? Like 3d human self back into the divine collective consciousness. And that's a, a massive journey. This whole collective planet is on. And, and so, I'm curious if you can shed a little more light for the listeners on that transition um, from the 3D into this more soulful way of living and trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, though it also sounds like you you knew right, at such a young age, but really claiming it and owning it. Yeah.
2: I mean, Jessica, like I knew at a young age, but I didn't know. Like I knew I could see things and hear things, but I didn't know that That was like, not that it's special, but that not everybody can see that or hear that. And it, and that, but it also did make me feel a little different because I could just tell in conversations, like sometimes people didn't understand what I was coming from. So there was that loneliness and feeling alone. The word, as you were speaking, I keep on hearing and seeing, so I'm just going to share it. Discernment, discernment. So being discerning, and that could, such an interesting word. So what is that like to me, as I'm thinking about your question, is that being discerning on who you open up to, because not everybody's ready to hear this information, listening to your intuition, like that little nudge, like maybe, I maybe she is someone I can trust. Maybe I do want to work with this person. Maybe I don't want to work with this person. And taking baby steps, right? Some people want to take a huge leap of faith, and I and that's maybe that's their sole path. So I would say yes, go for it if that feels good to you. Think a, a big part of the work that I do is helping my clients and my community. I do I do one on one work. I work with groups. I do blessings. It's like I want everyone to feel safe. So that's like the opposite of fear, right? So if you can feel safe in your body, right? I would say really feel safe in your body, however that feels to you. Like what that means like somatic work, it means meditation, it means, you know, moving, dancing. It calms the nervous system. And when your parasympathetic nervous system is calm and relaxed, then healing can take place. So I I, I like to focus a lot on, on the person because then, Um, if you can heal I really believe this is a vow that I took on my work from a shaman many years ago when you work with me specifically I can't speak for all intuitives or healers I feel that you not only heal yourself but you also heal past generations and you heal future generations so everyone benefits and then people around you also benefit so if if people if your clients if your listeners are curious about it, it's like okay I always say, ask spirit, ask your own soul, say, I'm curious in learning more about what my power is or how to feel safe in my body or how to listen to my intuition or how to open up like my third eye, send me the best person who can support me on this journey. If there's a person, if there's a class, if there's a book, send it to me. And I always say, make it so clear and obvious that I can't miss. I always put that disclaimer in there. Make it so clear and obvious I cannot miss. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I like to speak my intentions out loud, my prayers, I journal, and then I keep my eyes open to see what catches my attention. And I'm like, oh, OK, someone will pop in maybe on Instagram or an email or I will over casually overhear a conversation. And I'll say, oh, like sometimes I am like, oh, like what, what are you talking about? What's that book? Did you mention a book? Like, I'm sorry, I can't hear. You know, I just overheard you say mention a book. Let me write that down. And so everything is I, I believe, um, you know, Einstein said that quote, like everything is a miracle if you choose to believe it to be. So I hope that answers your question.
1: <laughs> I love what you said because in my experience it always has been true that when I ask, when I set the intention out there, and Claire is ask for help, especially, and say, I just need someone to guide me through this process. It has never failed that I've had a teacher come my way, a book come my way unexpectedly, and I, I truly, from my own experience, can resonate with what you said. Yeah. Um, when we are clear that we do it by setting intention and asking, asking you shall receive, right? There's a book <laughs> by yeah. that. Now. And just really put it out there. And, it, it, you know, have that conversation with whatever you believe, your spirit, the higher self, and Always in my my own experience, I have received the answer that I've been seeking, but I need to be very clear, as you mentioned, right? Just uh, ask for it, you know, what you need, what, what guidance you need, and then be open to receive. that's the other part of it be open to receive because it might show up in unexpected way not what you expected not even in a human form it's a book it's it's just the intuitive knowing is something that you might not expect but just be open to receive however it might come your way so um i love what you said and also know that i think recently you um learned about hypnosis and became certified. Um, how do you think that benefits? And what is that work entail? In-
2: oh gosh, I love, I love anything to do with the mind. And mm-hmm. that's something that did start when I was young, when I was diagnosed with type one, as I mentioned, type one diabetes when I was 11. And even before then I used to write letters to God, like letters to my soul, letters to God. And with hypnosis, when I took this training, I thought I, I've taken, I like, guess, as, as I mentioned, I've taken many trainings, many, many certifications. I kind of felt like, oh, I know a lot. I've taken a lot of subconscious mind work. And when I initially first learned, got became deeper um, in my wisdom of the subconscious mind, I was like, oh, that's like the missing key. Because like conscious mind, we're talking, but there's so much that we don't know that we're, that's running the show. So we all have these like limiting beliefs and blind spots. And it's not a bad thing. It keeps us alive. So we know how to cross the street. We're not constantly learning how to cross the street or constantly learning how to tie our shoes. But when I discovered the power and the importance of the subconscious mind, that's when I was like so much more open. And in terms of hypnosis it's like it's yet another way to access a part of us that we all have and plant the seed so i talk a lot about planting seeds so planting seeds and planting intentions and when we plant it in the subconscious mind that's what it's like it takes root and you feel safe the body needs to feel safe and supported for that to happen and then you're like oh then you, you suddenly are able to make the changes that you wanted that were before you perhaps were feeling stuck. Like my clients will come me I'm feeling stuck or I'm feeling trapped, or I keep on finding myself in the same situation over and over again, or I want to do this and I want to do that. And I'm not doing it. Self-procrastination. Sometimes it's, you know, self-sabotage. So hypnosis is just another way to clear that out. And so you can
0: move forward in the direction that want it's so important the subconscious mind as you were saying because it directs you know was it bruce Lipton that said 95 percent of our behavior is often directed by the subconscious mind which is underneath the level of consciousness for those who aren't quite sure what the subconscious mind is it's the part of us that is always operating and acting without that conscious awareness that conscious choice and so the more we can go into the subconscious in the body and do this work to bring it to light, bring it to awareness, then we can come deeper into that power and choice because we're not choosing, at least not consciously, right? If the subconscious mind is ruling us and around the subconscious, I definitely I'd love to tie this into the initial conversation around the soul, right? And the karma and the past lives, because um, how I see it is that the subconscious can include right, the subconscious, the imprints of past lives and the soul imprints. And, And so when we start to go into the body, we access that intergenerational trauma, we access the subconscious beliefs we've taken from this life, from this current culture, But also what our soul has experienced in past lives, and I love to hear your perspective on that and how that ties into the soul's unique journey.
2: Yes, thank you. I let's see what what there's so much that wants to come through. An interesting concept about past life. If you also believe in parallel lives, so is there time? Isn't linear? And I recently, one of the processes that I do, I do them with groups. They're timeline jumps. And a timeline jump is the way that I facilitate is like you jump into the future. So you meet a future self and you become your future self. That's the intention. Now in the process, who knows what's going to happen? So I did a group and one of my clients reached out later. I always offer support you know, post jump support, because there's something that be like a little wobble. And she connected with a past life. As we worked through that process, I was told that's that life. I was like, because I was like, oh, yeah, it's a past life. And then I was like, no, it's happening now. So there is a little bit of like a, <laughs> I don't, you know, you're like what? So I'm like, well, that life showed up because this, per, you know, she, you're going through something was very specific. So you can heal this past life, this parallel life. It's in the subconscious mind. This yes, is your exactly. soul, the soul, the subconscious, it's all like one of the same. And this is my, I'm just sharing my perception at this time. Cause I know there's so much more. This is so much, this is a huge conversation. We can spend like hours and I would love to do that. Like, this is the kind of stuff that I love to just go in deep and talk about this. But it's like your subconscious mind brought this life because people, the clients will say, Well, I'm making this up. I'm like, Yeah, in a way, but it's coming from somewhere. It's coming from you. I'm not saying it. You're saying it. That's why I love this work with the hypnosis because I'm asking questions and my clients are answering it. So it's not me. I'm holding the space. I'm asking, but you're coming up with your own answers, which is your subconscious, which is your soul. So as you clear as much as possible, and transform that, you're helping yourself. And again, this past life or this parallel life. So I don't see it as a huge <clears throat> disconnect. I think of it as like this one big weave. There's a lot of thread, like a lot of uh, compli- I mean, it's a complicated weave, but there's lots of different threads and directions. But I do feel that what we do has so much more power than we realize. So, and the subconscious mind has a lot. Like with Dr. Bruce Lipton, I actually had the honor of of studying with him in New Mexico. And it was really fascinating to hear his his teachings and his perspective, because it's like this quantum field. And so we, you know, the three, you know, here we are creating a quantum field. Everybody who's listening suddenly becomes in that quantum field. But if you're not ready, if you're not in, let's say the same frequency, the same alignment, You're going to say, I'm not going to listen to that, or it won't even show up for you. So that's the whole thing about the subconscious mind. We plant these seeds. And, you know, I had like a client who's like, (laughs) she's so funny. She's like, all the men, she she wants to meet someone. She's like, but all the men I'm meeting are like fat and broke, right? Because that's what, that was her belief that all the good, all the men now, because she was divorced, all the men, all the leftover men is what she would say are fat and broke i'm like well that's not true because i happen to know my husband has like i know lots of men who are the worst and they're not fat and bro- broke right but that's what she believed and even subconsciously was showing her that so that's all she was seeing right um so as we planted the seed that no there's many available men she was like oh my god <laughs> she was like what am i gonna do now i'm like just take a deep breath you know But it was fun. It was really, it's fun to see that transformation going back to the subconscious because then it's like, okay, it's safe for me to believe that I can, you know, it's not just all men are fat and broke. It's like, oh, it's safe for me to be open to this new relationship and to see there's people available and also to be vulnerable and put myself out there. And then we plant that seed in the subconscious and then who knows how many of her parallel lives Are benefiting from this. And maybe her issue came from a past life. Because I've had that experience with my own body where certain things like, hmm, even with having the type one diabetes, I'm like, this could be something from a past life. And my soul chose to have this experience in this current life. So I use all my tools to keep myself as happy and healthy as possible. And maybe I am affecting a parallel life that I'm not aware of
1: yeah there's so much mystery in this web of life that we can just you know (laughs) it's hard to wrap our mind around it, right and then the deeper you go the deeper it gets so there is I don't (laughs) feel like there is a point that we're gonna say oh I know it it's very clear you know at this that's my experience yeah. So, but it is is—it is fascinating. It is very interesting and fascinating. Um, and, you know, and, as you were talking, I was thinking about, yeah, like the power of what we, we believe. And I sometimes wonder, do we even believe things that, I mean, see things that we don't believe? Not that they're not there, right? As you were saying about, you know, if you, you believe that's the only thing out there, that's all you're going to see. Right. and it's just what it takes is shifting that perspective and what you believe to to see different yep. yes. and uh, that's fascinating right the power of our mind so as we come into the end um, Judy, uh, is there anything that we didn't talk about or something you want to leave our clients with hmm. let me see if let I me
2: mean, just tune in and see what wants to come through Mm-hmm. so a f- about like a, f- a few days ago, I, I shared a video, like of a message. I do channel the messages at times and I just keep on getting this nudge and then I share the message and I just heard it again. And it's, you know, it's the Nike's old slogan, just do it. And it has been coming through so strongly and I think it does tie in very well with our conversation that we had is that if there is something that you have this nudge, you have this calling, you have this pull, listen to it, listen. And yes, the fear or the the doubts or the critic, whatever, the imposter syndrome, be like Thich Nhat Hanh says, invite them in for a cup of tea, but you don't have to live with them. Say, okay, oh yeah, here you are, I have fear, that's right, thank you, I see you, but I'm going to do it anyway. So if there is something that feels a little out of your comfort zone, a little scary, take a deep breath, do whatever practice, like rooting ground and practice. And then, and then I, I invite you, I say, yes, just like, just say yes, especially as we enter the summer solstice, the summer seasons, but really the rest of the year, the rest of your life. If something is calling to you, take a chance say yes, just do it. I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but I think it's something it's like a reminder that we need to hear that you're going to be okay. So just, but to do it though, because you want to, it's just going to lead to so much, I think, satisfaction.
0: What a beautiful way to end this potent conversation. Thank you so much Judy for being here, sharing your wisdom and bright light and I'd love for you to tell the listeners where they can find you and connect with you. Yes. Thank
2: you. Thank you. It's such a beautiful honor. It's my honor and privilege to share a space with you. So I really appreciate you both. And my, you know, my website is judyhurtado.com. I post a lot on Instagram. I'm Judy Mystic on Instagram. And I also send out like a magical newsletter so if anybody wants to receive that i will talk about different astrological aspects i do um i'll do spur of the moment oracle card readings or blessings or just like you know sending healing energy and you could just send me an email to receive that and my email is judy at judyhurtado.com. dot com
1: thank you judy i will put that information yeah. in our show note and thank, thank you everybody for being here, joining us, listening to us. We appreciate you. And we would love your comments and questions. So have them come in and just let us know what topics you want us to explore more. And we love to hear from you.
2: I, can't wait. I just want to say one last thing, please. I just remembered if you list as you're listening, maybe we put that in the show notes. Drink some water. Because as you're listening, as a I'm a you know as I said, Reiki master, I'm a shamanic practitioner. I infuse everything that I do with healing energy. I can't turn it off. It's you automatically get it. So drinking water can help just the energy integrate and flow. And if anybody has any questions, please reach out because I know sometimes things will may come up as they listen to this podcast. So I am 100 available and would love to connect with anyone if they had any, who knows, interesting experiences as they
0: listen to this, to this podcast. So thank you. Beautiful. Thank you so much again. Thank you to all listeners and have a beautiful blessed day.